You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Mousecapade Studios. Here are your hosts. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie and Chrissy, and we hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 886, and you are listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Just a reminder that all of us on the Mousecapades and more podcast are travel agents. So if you're looking to book a trip, we would be glad to help. You can text Vicki, Chrissy, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-373-4497, and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact one of us today. So before we get started, I want to correct something. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, hot cocoa beignets. And I thought they were only in Disneyland, but they are also at the Port of Orleans French Quarter at Disney World. We were confused about the chocolate milk being alongside of them, but it in fact is alongside those uh, hot cocoa beignets because Kaylee got them this morning for breakfast and they served them with a syringe of chocolate milk. I don't know if that's what you call it, a syringe, but it's like this little thing that, I don't know what you call those. Do you know what that's called, Chrissy? I, I think it's a syringe, for lack of a better term. I, I I truly think it is a syringe. But it's not a lot of chocolate milk. It's just a, right, a shot. I mean, it's a shot. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, but I did want to uh, say that because we were going back and forth like, well, we think it, maybe it's milk chocolate. No, it was actually chocolate milk alongside the three um, beignets. And we liked them okay, but Kaylee actually said the the real or the regular ones were better. So- just in case you're going to be there, then you can go and get your little syringe of chocolate milk with your hot cocoa beignets. So if you have not heard the news yet, Jollywood Nights that was scheduled for Saturday evening was canceled about 1030 Saturday morning. A tropical storm hit Florida, bringing torrential downpours and heavy winds. And honestly, uh, it would have been miserable if we actually had to go. We would have went um, because that's why we went to Florida and we didn't want to lose our money. But I, I think they made a good call. I'm sad for us and I'm sad for the other people that went there because there were other people that went just for the weekend um, so that we could report on it, but it did not work out. They said that we'll be receiving our refund in seven to 21 days, which is always interesting to me because we pay right away. We don't say we'll pay you in seven to 21 days. Right. That's what our tech said. We're hoping that it's going to be a returning thing, as Chrissy said, when she returned. And so hopefully we'll get to do it maybe next year. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'm hoping for their sake that the one that they have when this airs, it will be tonight, December the 20th. Um, I'm hoping that everything goes off flawlessly for them so that they can finish out the season because it sounds like it was wonderful and we're kind of sad. We made the best of it. We had bought clothes, which I think you guys knew from us reporting and we put on our fancy clothes and we went to the California Grill and we got several comments from people about how nice we looked. I mean, we had planned everything out. So hopefully they thought we looked nice. But anyway, that's a bummer. And who would have thought 
that a tropical storm would be hitting in December. Well, and that's the thing. I said, what is going on in our world? We got warm weather here, which is why all of us keep being sick. And then their storm season is September to the beginning of November. And it went, this is just, that was December the 16th. It was so crazy. Um, I did feel sorry for, there were people on our plane tonight that were saying that they were on the Disney cruise during that storm. Ooh. It kind of dampened. Yeah, they weren't able to stop at Castaway Key. Right. And so they said that they were glad they spent a few days in the park before they went on the cruise ship. Did they have a rocky ride? They didn't talk about that. The girls just said there wasn't a lot to do, which surprised me because I was on property during a hurricane and I know how much that they planned so that we weren't bored as much as they could. I'm sure there were probably lots of things that they could have done, but maybe they were most looking forward to things like on the pool deck, like that kind of stuff. And so maybe so they didn't want to go to all the shows and everything else because those would still go. They were like 11 and nine years old and they were behind us and they were a hoot. Aww. They were talking to this man from Boston that sat next to them. So it was funny. Well, an all-new parade is coming to Disneyland California Adventure Park in Anaheim. The parade is going to be inspired by Pixar Stories. It's set to premiere in 2024, and it's going to be a daytime parade that's called Better Together, a Pixar Palace Celebration. This will be highlighted entertainment for the Pixar Fest in 2024. The celebration will bring colorful decor, themed menu items, um, commemorative merchandise, and more for a limited time from the theme park. Not a whole lot has been released on the parade, but here's what we do know. There's a large group of characters from the divisive Pixar movie Turning Red, which aired in 2022, like Miriam, Priya, and Abby, uh, Maylin Lee's best friend, and the five members of Four Town, uh, Young, Robert, Jesse, Aaron T., and Aaron Z., Additionally, Disneyland is seeking solo jazz pianists and character performers as two different roles to portray Joe Gardner from Pixar's Soul of 2020. From upcoming special events and appearances at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim, California, Disney Parks blog announced that the Pixar Fest is set to return to Disneyland Resort from April 26th through August 4th of 2024, which means a possible debut between those dates is very likely. Yeah, you can actually go on Disney's website and apply for these. If you're able to do any of this, they're auditioning for these in January, these roles. I think that's very, very cool. And that's one thing that we were kind of talking about today. Um, as you know, my friend just got back from her whirlwind Disneyland trip and uh, some of the friends of some of the characters out in Disneyland because there are so many aspiring actors out on the West Coast. Those friends, of the characters just get into the characters so much. Their friends are just so into those those character roles that it's just so much fun. Like they ran into Gaston and just the interaction that they had with Gaston this past weekend at Disneyland. She said it was one of the best interactions she's had ever. Not that, you know, our friends in Disney World are awesome, too. But I just I that is one thing that I enjoyed at Disneyland. I guess I never really thought of that, but you're very correct. It's, I mean, it's, it's near Hollywood. <laughs> when we met Loki and like Dr. Strange, they were very, their friends were very into it. 
And and that's the only thing that we can surmise is everyone wants to be the next big star. Where will I be noticed at type thing? I will tell you now, I don't know if this is going to change, but in the dreamers point section, and maybe we reported on this and I'm losing my mind, which you can tell me, Stephanie, but Pluto and Daisy were in the dreamers point section greeting guests yesterday. Like, just like they did at Disneyland, where they were just like wandering through Dreamers Point and people stopped and got their picture with them. Yay. That was really cool. They need to start doing more of that. Oh, I agree. I agree. I And that is one thing, not to veer off subject too much, but I do like that about Disneyland. It's kind of a throwback to old Disney World. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do like that you saw Daisy and Pluto just kind of doing their own thing. Walking around in their winter clothes. Well... The country bears do it all the time. Right. I mean, Kevin, Kevin does it. Oh, yeah. So they just need to do more of that. I like that. Well, speaking of the next big star, the live action Aladdin sequel just doesn't seem to be moving forward too quickly. In 2019, the live action Aladdin and Lion King made a lot of money for Disney. These two projects were part of Disney's effort to reimagine many of their classic animated movies. And the these are perhaps two of the giants. Hailing from Disney's 1990 boom, Aladdin originally released in 1992 and The Lion King two years later in 1994 are some of the most popular and beloved Disney animated musicals of all time. Aladdin was directed by Guy Ritchie and even though it made over a billion dollars at the box office, there isn't a sequel yet. John Favreau was the director of Lion King and the prequel Mufasa, The Lion King, which I didn't even, I don't think I've heard anything about that. I didn't either. And I love, I love me some John Favreau stuff. Me too. And a little bit of insight. I do know we've discussed this and I know Matt is very passionate about the live action movies. Right. I read or heard why Disney jumped on doing so many live actions and I forget where I heard or read it. It has something to do, now don't quote me and I have to find where I heard it or read it. It has something to do with all of the copyrights that they have on their, because my sister and I discussed this one night when I was in Florida with her recently. It has something to do with, and I'll touch on it real quick, the the copyrights that they have on all of their animated classics, because since most of them aren't unique story like they're not disney stories since they're like fairy tales and whatnot that don't belong directly to disney since they're disney's take on them since like the characters that we identify with these stories now belong to disney disney wanted to i guess extend the timeline on these characters okay for their copyright extensions so like if the kind of like how Mickey Mouse, when he was invented, or I, you know, how he invented Oswald and then lost the copyright on him. And, and right. you know, he became Mickey. So that doesn't happen with like the bell that we know and the Snow White that we know. So that's why they jumped to make all of these live action movies so they can hold the characters that we know so they can kind of protect those characters. Gotcha. Interesting. As much as we hate. Or maybe we don't like them as much as the beloved animated movies. They're doing it to kind of protect the, the integrity of that. Yeah. that we love so much. I mean, I still love the live actions. 
I watch them all. I'm not sure about like sometimes they are stretching a little bit with having all these prequels and like, meh, I don't know. It's never it's never as good. Right. And I mean, how many Toy Stories do we need? And that's not live action. That's animated. <laughs> and and the only, to be fair, the only live action I've seen is, is Aladdin. I enjoyed it. That's the only one? <gasps> oh. But I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 3 27,000 times. <laughs> We've not even seen it yet, Grissy. That's on our Christmas list. That's on our list of chill out at Christmas time watching. Definitely. So this past Thursday, Expedition Everest experienced a technical malfunction that affected not one, but two of the roller coasters. Our reporter spoke with a cast member who was present during the non-operational breakdown of this ride. And the cast member confirmed that the breakdown affected two separate coaster carts, which had already left the loading station. One of the coasters ended up getting stuck at that section where the Yeti's broken and with all of the uh, hair ties on either side of the track. Now, they said it was stuck there, and that seems like a bad place to be stuck, but it's also covered up, and you can't see where how high up you are from that location, so that wasn't so bad. However, the other coaster was stuck on the incline that happens right when the ride begins. At this section, the guest views are not covered by any of the attraction, making the breakdown not only visible to the guests, but allowing riders to see that they are stuck on a rather large incline at 1995 foot from the ground on the coaster and the ride was broken down for about 30 30 minutes before they could get it resumed yikes that's kind of my i don't know that i've ever had a night, nightmare about it but when you're going up there you all i i know i I've always thought hmm wonder what happens if you get stuck right here well i guess you sit there for 30 minutes until they get it running again Ugh. there is a place for them to walk you can see that when you're on the ride but holy smokes i don't want to have to do that no, I don't think I ever, like, when they get it running, like, I feel like you've lost momentum. Like, am I going to stay on the track? <laughs> like, right. How does this work now? It just, all of it would be very nerve-wracking. Hmm. All right. Well, with Christmas less than a week away, we thought that maybe we should give you guys a little bit of a heads up. If you are planning to visit Disney World Parks during the holidays, here's some information you might want to know. Magic Kingdom is completely sold out which means there are no reservations available for December 24th and 25th. So if you are going to Orlando and you haven't made your park reservations yet, at the moment, you could go to Epcot Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. Um, however, once one park starts filling up, uh, people, I guess, start realizing, oh, I didn't think they would fill up. I guess I better make my reservations. And so things start filling up rather quickly. Just please, please make your park reservations like right now. If Like pause the show and, and do it. Um, that's for <laughs> December 24th and the 25th. Right now, everything is open for December 26th through 30th. However, we've already mentioned this is a very popular time is New Year's Eve. Um, so Magic Kingdom has no availability. Um, Epcot as well. They are sold out for New Year's Eve. They always sell out for those early. I just, it always, it, it never ceases to amaze me how people will show up and expect on Christmas or on New Year's Eve that there will be park reservations and they just are so excited for this special day, but it's sold out. And they're like, wait, what? So please make your reservations, guys. Yeah, it's so sad. I've, I've seen people 
that didn't know they needed to make reservations. And then they were like, what? And they're like, we're sorry, we're booked. That was, Mm -hmm. I think, two Christmases ago that we saw that. And I've seen people from abroad. Right. That's what I'm saying. These were people from abroad. And that's sad to me, but Mm -hmm. that's why you need an agent. And I'm not saying that just because we are agents. We're just telling you. We talked about that a lot this weekend about how we knew what to do to navigate what to do because our party was canceled. What could we do differently and to, to make the event? The reason we came was canceled. So what were we going to do to try to do that? And that's, what's good to have an agent. So. Yeah. This past Wednesday at animal kingdom, a baby was born for the first time since 2016. Yes, that is right. It has been seven years. A baby elephant was born at animal kingdom and what a celebration this was. It marked the eighth elephant that was born on Disney property. This African elephant weighed in at 218 pounds. African elephant births like this, these are carefully planned through the Association of Zoos and Aquariums Species Survival Plan. This program helps ensure the responsible breeding of endangered animals in managed care. The new elephant is named Cora. As you may know, mama elephants are pregnant for 22 months. I'm sure Cora's mama was very happy to see her. What was the last elephant? Was it a, or, oh, the last elephant, the last birth, was it a zebra? Oh, I don't know that. This is the last time they had an elephant was 2016. Oh, I thought it was the last, that was the last elephant born. I thought that was the last like major animal born. We had, no, we had giraffes and hippos and uh, rhinoceros. Several things have been born there, but. I was going to say, I thought I remembered more, but. And this is not Disney, but if you're in the St. Louis area, I heard that they're moving Raja so that he can help be a father in another place. And I'm like, bring the woman here. Cincinnati, maybe? Like, why are we not bringing her here? (laughs) I'm pretty sure all of our elementary school classes, like, helped fund. Yeah. (laughs) Like, do you remember collecting for for Raja? Everybody thought he was their elephant. (laughs) Well, he is our elephant. That's why I'm kind of sad he's leaving. Oh, he's like a St. Louis institution. I know. Everyone is sad Raja's leaving. That's sad. I am sad. So Disney Cruise Line is making some age range changes to their fleet, which is interesting. However, I work in a school system and so does, or we all do, all three of us. But Steph and I work closely with elementary students. So when I read it, then it made sense to me. Here's info you may want to know about before climbing aboard with your children. Effective immediately for sailings departing on or after December 21st, which is Thursday. Disney's Oceaneer Club and Oceaneer Lab or activity centers for children ages 3 to 12 on Disney Cruise Line ships are changing. An insulated hallway connects the clubs and offers a variety of activities, including the Oceaneer Club has a fleet-wide activity center, the themed lands, games, and Disney character meet and greets. The Oceaneer's Lab had a fleet-wide activity center with hands-on activities, stage plays, interactive storytelling, and a magic play floor. The parents can drop their kids off between 9 a.m. and midnight or 1 a.m., With trained staff to watch them and lead them in activities, the parents can also sign their children in and out as they please. The age ranges are now going to be 3 to 10, and the 11 and 12-year-olds are going to be added to the EDGE program. EDGE and VIBE are for the teenagers and the teenagers. EDGE is for kids 11 to 14, and VIBE is for kids 14 to 17. Both are areas where they can chill out with comfortable couches, computer games, large screen TVs, and other amenities while getting to know other people 
that are on the cruise ship that are their age. Um, our kids are growing up entirely too fast. So I understand why they did this. I am sad that they had to do this, but our older kids know so much more than I knew probably before I was a freshman in high school. And I think that's probably why Disney had to do this. Can I also just say kids these days don't even look like kids. Like when I see high schoolers, I'm like, you look like I did my senior year of college. Right. I look like as a senior in high school, I looked like a sixth grader. I don't understand how people look so different. now. It just, they just know so much more. Although they act more mature. They look more mature. Like I would, like I couldn't card people and ID people for alcohol at a bar or something because I'd be like, yes, you're 21. No, you don't even have a driver's license. Like I thought you were 21. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Which is funny because today at TSA, they asked Kaylee if she was 18. And I said, she's 26. And he's like, dude, you don't look 26. And she goes, yeah, it's kind of a curse either one way or the other. And he goes, I'm almost 30. Did you know that? It was the nicest TSI guy I've ever had. Super nice guy. So before was the edge 12 to 14. 14? Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 12-year-olds don't want to be hanging out, or 11-year-olds don't want to be hanging out with three-year-olds. Right, for sure. All right, so the weather seems to be crazy everywhere this year. In Missouri, we've had some incredibly warm temperatures. Um, And then today frigid. Um, This may sound fantastic to some, but it has uh, played havoc on many children and adults in the form of illness. While Florida is no exception to the weather changes, typically people go to Florida to get warm weather. This past week, however, the temperatures were so low that Disney didn't open Blizzard Beach for four days straight. This was very out of the ordinary, and we know some were probably disappointed, but honestly, I'm not sure many guests would have shown up for the water park um, if if the temperatures were in the low 60s with heavy winds to boot. So uh, what is going on with this weather lately? any ideas well there were kids it was 55 degrees last night and there were kids in the pool and Kaylee's like children what are you thinking and I said they're thinking it's a heated pool and they're children and they want to be kids and I said mm-hmm. let them be kids think of the same thing when all of the kids at are going outside without their coats and you're like put on your coat and they're going I don't want to it's out there. I'm always like Lucy if you ever go out Without your coat, you're getting in trouble. Because I know how many kids do it. They're yeah. like, nah, I'm fine. I'm like, does your does your mother know that you're going without your coat? Some of them do. They get out of the car in the morning with shorts and a t-shirt. And you're like, you do know it's 45, right? This is how you dress when it's 110 outside. I mean, but when you see a kid come in with like hat, gloves, scarf, and a yeah. coat, and then they're leaving it all there. And you're like, I know your mom wanted you to wear that. No, no, she didn't. I said, if your mom sent you in it, you're wearing it. I know. I don't think we're supposed to anymore. I think that's a new rule that I just pretended I never heard. So I just go ahead and stick with my, nope, you are putting the coat on. I can't control you once you're outside, but you're putting it on to take it out. For sure. Friday was the 50th birthday of Pirates of the Caribbean at the Magic Kingdom in Orlando. It is sometimes considered controversial, but it remains one of the most beloved and busiest rides in the park. Pirates of the Caribbean opened in Adventureland at Magic Kingdom Park on December 15, 1973. In a Disney Parks blog post on Friday, Walt Disney World Resort shared a first look at rare photos from the ride's construction. 
The ride has changed significantly since its construction. In the mid-2000s, Imagineers retrofitted a Captain Jack Sparrow animatronic inspired by Johnny Depp into the attraction. Years later, they reimagined a bride auction scene giving the female animatronics agency and some swashbuckling stories of her own of their own pirates of the caribbean is a family friendly but is family friendly but features small drops and some scary themes it has no height requirement many fans love this ride and make sure that they ride it at least once if not more when they visit the magic kingdom in orlando and i am one of those people unless you are stephanie I feel so bad because we all talked it up and then Steph wrote it and she's like, eh, I can take it or leave it. I know. <laughs> oh, it's one of my must-dos. Yeah, it is ours too. And definitely in Disneyland. Now, Disneyland was better. I will say that. I did like Disneyland. I just don't know. It wasn't. It just wasn't. We hyped it up too much for you. Maybe. <laughs> I was like, really? Because it was one of the last things that Walt worked on. Yeah. See, it's that then you have a different... I. Just went on thinking it was this incredible ride. And I was like, meh. Oh, yeah. It's not anything fancy. I, I go in looking at it as like one of the last gems. Yeah, because okay. it was the the last true storyteller that didn't have all the hoopla that we have to put into everything now to get everybody's attention. But still, people love it. I think that might be why. It was actually the ringtone on my phone for the longest time. I know I'm taking it back. My alarm. My alarm. It is my alarms for class changes because the kids think it's funny, but then they're like, five minutes, we have five minutes because they know when it does yo-ho, yo-ho. So, so no, I do not work for Disney Chase Visa. However, I have been a longtime cardholder and I wanted to share some information with you. I want to tell you how buying things that you normally do using your Disney Chase Visa can help you for Disney World. First, there's several table service restaurants that will give you 10% off your bill. Uh, you can check the list on the Disney website because it does change from time to time. Um, I believe that Yak and Yeti is one of the ones that doesn't do because they're privately owned by, I can't think of the company right now, a restaurant outside of here. Um, we have one of them, Landry's. Um, and so they are not a part of that list, but there are a lot that are. So that's definitely worth it. Um, Joffrey's will give you 20% off your order. If you use your Disney Chase Visa, you can get 15% off tours like Behind the Seeds, Keys of the Kingdom, Caring for Giants, and more. There's a list of them that you can check on for that. You can save 10% on a horse-drawn carriage ride at Port of Orleans Resort. You now receive 10% off your merchandise on any amount. It used to be $50, but now any amount that you spend, you save 10%. Also, Disney runs specials that are specific to Disney Chase Visa card holders for like rooms. And so that has been happening pretty frequently and I know I took advantage of one. Um, the number one reason that my family has a Disney Chase Visa is because of the Disney dollars that you earn. And we use our card for everything. And you've probably heard me say this on the show before, but our house payment, because they won't let you do that. And then we just pay our bill every Friday as if it was like a debit card so that we don't um, build up this bad credit card debt. Uh, unfortunately, I learned that the hard way my first two years of marriage. And then we bake up our Disney dollars and take it. We use it for the nice table service meals when we're there, gratuities and souvenirs. I just encourage you to get this card because if you're a person that goes to Disney as much as the rest of us do, that's why. And they've got the $100 statement credit too if you open the Disney Chase Visa right now. Awesome. 
And if you are, if you absolutely don't want credit or you're trying to build credit, or, well, I only say this because Michael does not, uh, being a college student, he does not have credit under his belt right now. He has the Disney Chase debit card, which offers him the same perks except for the Disney dollars. Oh, okay. He opened it at Chase and he has the Grogu card, but it offers... Because he doesn't, it's not a credit card. He doesn't earn the Disney dollars, but he earns, uh, he can get the 10% off if he uses it at like shop or, you know, when they run the shop Disney promotions, um, if he uses it anywhere um, on Disney property, he gets the same discounts and it's good. And I found this out because I tested it. I'm like, let me test it. It's good for the Disney Chase Visa promotions. Oh, okay, cool when you use it to book. And those promotions are better than any of the other promotions. They are indeed. Yes, they are. I have clients who went in, um, are going in March and that was the best out of all of the, and they have offered a lot of stuff for March promotions, but that was the best deal for all of them. And all you have to do is put the $200 down. So you get a nice friend who will put the $200 down on their card and then you pay them the $200 and at least you get your discount. Yes. Or you just get your own Chase Visa like like Vicky's because it is it does seem very nice. But if you don't ask. Well worth it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, we've toyed with also getting the Southwest because we have been traveling so much more. But I mean, I'm just saying either one would be beneficial if you're wanting to go to Disney. And with, you get the meet and greet at Epcot and at Hollywood Studios. And we didn't do that again this time. Is the line long? The line's never long. In fact, we did it at Disneyland in May and it was Darth Vader and we were the only ones in there. Nice. That is nice. So prices for Disney Genie Plus and individual Lightning Lane services have risen today. Prices for multi-park and Magic King options sit at $29 for Sunday, a $4 increase from Saturday. Each one of the four theme parks has seen an increase over Saturday's prices with Disney Hollywood Studios set at $26, Disney's Animal Kingdom at $18, and Epcot at $21. These price increases are reflected on the Disney Genie page on the My Disney Experience app, which all guests have access to. So some people um, kind of hold on to that like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go on a Saturday because Saturdays are more busy. And so they'll hold off and go, well, let's go on a Sunday or a Monday. However, keep in mind as you're approaching those holidays, that does not always do you well because Saturday was actually cheaper in this case. Well, yeah. And individual lightning lanes on Saturday, shockingly, were only $15 at Epcot. And I honestly, it was the week before Christmas. I was expecting it to be much more. So I'm curious to see, they didn't have that in this article. I was curious to see how much those went up. I'll try to find out why Chrissy's doing this. All right. Alex Gersh has announced that Gravity Falls will have a sequel. Gravity Falls has its own cult following. Bill Cipher is the primary antagonist and fan favorite of Gravity Falls, and he has had a primary role and in, in and out of the series. Voiced by Gravity Falls creator Alex Hirsch, Bill is a demon from the second dimension and serves as the embodiment of chaos and disorder in the show's mythos. Hirsch has used the character multiple times to tease the fan base about the show's state and possible return, 
But like Bill, he's always been very mysterious about the future of the series until the following post was made on the creator's Twitter account. The triangular terror seems to have written his own necrom... necrom... Yeah, Necromacon-inspired book set to release in July 2024. The trailer above is as splendidly surreal as anything from the Gravity Falls universe could be, and Hirsch even mentions in another post that some copies complete with his signature and instructions to burn the book. This is going to make a lot of fans very happy, but we will have to wait until the book launches this summer to see what happens. Wow. I know I forgot to tell Joey that too. He's going to be so excited. Yeah, it will be interesting. Why does he put instructions to burn the book in there? Leave no trail so nobody can find out. No, it's quirky. Okay. I don't get that show, but Joey loves it. And that says a lot about him just because he is, and I love my son. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean he is quirky and he gets things out of things I don't understand. And he'll be like, oh, well, this means blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Where did you get that from? I, I've watched it. I don't follow it, but I do know it has its own very, very passionate, very loyal fan base. It's like a very cult following. Yes. If you love the show, you love the show. But it, it's probably the best way to describe it is it's it's just kind of quirky. It's it's okay. the only thing I can describe. I mean, it's it's fun. It is a fun show, but it's kind of like... Almost not like choose your own adventure, but kind of like a, you're going to get out of it what you get out of it. I mean, I think it's different for everybody. Right. I, I think that's about the best way to describe it is it's just, it's its own level of humor. Yeah. I had never heard of it, Says Yeah. It's a kid's show, but not a kid's show. Like kids okay. can watch it, but it's on a different level. But maybe you don't want them to. <laughs> no, no, you, no. Kids can watch it. Yeah, it is. It's on the Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's like clean. Okay, but you, you enjoy it too, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So here are the prices, which I got to tell you, I'm glad and maybe I should knock on some wood or I don't really believe in that stuff, but you know what I mean. So Avatar was $16 today. Guardians of the Galaxy only went up $2 from yesterday with $17 for Lightning Lane. $12 for Seven Dwarfs. $25 for Rise of the Resistance. And $20 for Tron. And I have to tell you, this is just my opinion, people. Please do not throw eggs or tomatoes. $20 would hit me hard for Tron for as short as it is. Right. I think Daniel said the same thing. $25 for Rise of the Resistance. At least I feel like I'm entertained for a good 25, 30 minutes. But I still think that's an awful lot for it. No, I agree. It's a lot of money. But I paid 17 the week before Thanksgiving for Guardians, and I would pay 17 three times for it. Yeah. That one is really well worth it, I would agree. But so that's where we're at. Just be ready if you're going. I have clients that are leaving the day after Christmas and I've warned them as much as I possibly can that maybe they should just, especially in Animal Kingdom and Epcot, I don't know that you want to pay for that Genie Plus. It's just... I wouldn't pay for the... Yeah, I would I would budget for the Lightning Lanes. Yeah, they just have five in their family and everything is going to be higher we all know that so Ooh, very pricey it is crazy 
Well, I want to give a shout out to all our listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us as we give you the latest rumors, news, and just banter on about things going on in our lives. Um, We would love it if you go to Apple or Podbean and give us a rating and a comment. It truly does mean a lot to us. Also, I want to thank all of you that sent in your Christmas memories. That show will come out very soon. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, or you've got a question or a comment, you can always text us at 636-373-4497. You can check us out on our social media account, The Mousecapades Podcast on Facebook. If you want a free quote, you can contact Vicki, Chrissy, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-373-4497. Be sure to listen to Friday's show where Vicki will be sharing the Christmas memories that she has received from our travel colleagues and our listeners. You won't want to miss it. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Well, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Have a magical day, my friends.